It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on this Taco Tuesday. On today's podcast, I'm going to talk about Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm sure you've seen some rumors going around that the Reds are trying to trade for him again, actually. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Also got some Lockdown Reds line texts to get to. We're going to unpack a couple of those, some real good ones that I got for you today. But first, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. That is the best way to get each and every episode each and every day. And we're going to be daily. We've got some great interviews coming up this off season. trying to get some former players on. Who knows? I've got some great ideas. Let's see if they work out. Also, check us out on Twitter at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Also, save that LockedOnReds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Questions, comments, rants, general thoughts that you've got. The Reds are about to start making moves here. As the World Series ends, that's when free agency begins. And we all know that the Reds will be active in the free agency period, hopefully uh, far more than in years past. That's coming up soon, so get ready. Keep that Locked On Reds line number handy. So let's talk about Jackie Bradley. That's, That's the key rumor that has been going around. That's the big story here lately as far as rumors are concerned because, you know, there's been grumblings about some guys. But the Reds were in on some kind of rumors with Jackie Bradley Jr. last offseason, trying to trade for him then. The Red Sox have made it a point to say that they are trying to trim payroll. They're not trying to cut it completely, but they're trying to trim it. And through arbitration, Bradley will probably make around $11 million. That are That is the estimation that you get if you look at MOB trade rumors and things of that nature. They're they're thinking about $11 million. And there are some thoughts with that because here's the deal with Bradley. Now, he's not going to make the Reds an instant contender. There are very few players that would by themselves do such a thing as that. But definitely not Jackie Bradley. If you look up his statistics... At a glance, you're going to think, oh, well, why are they even considering this guy? His numbers are not impressive. I mean, last season, he had a batting average of 225. Well, okay, that's not that great. And his OPS plus was 90, which meant that he was a good bit less than average of a hitter at the plate. Okay, so what are we talking about here? Well, he may cost 
a little bit less than guys that we've mentioned before. Obviously, he costs less than Mookie Betts in a trade. He may even cost less than Starling Marte in a trade. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd rather have those other two guys. But if you're telling me that they don't have to give up that much trade capital in order to acquire a true center fielder, and that is exactly what Jackie Bradley is. He is a true center fielder. He won a gold glove in 2018 for his efforts out there in center field. And he didn't fall off defensively for that this season. Now, he wasn't quite as good, but he was still pretty good. That would move Nixon Zell into second base, which would be a clear upgrade at second base. So you do kind of kill two birds with one stone there, and you don't necessarily... I, I, I don't think they'd have to give up that much. I think if you're giving up a lot for Jackie Bradley, then you're not giving up anything at all. You're just not going to make that trade. You're going to trade for Jackie Bradley because it's cost-effective. And maybe you get something like what he did in 2016. In 2016, he was an all-star. He played center field all year for the Red Sox. He had 636 plate appearances. And in those plate appearances, he had a 349 on base percentage and a 486 slugging. Now, don't get me wrong. That is his absolute best year of his career. That's the benchmark. That's the tippy top right now for him. So to expect him to be back there and the fact that he's going to turn 30 next season, to expect him to have another career year is a little more hope than substance. But at the same time, you put him in Great American Ballpark, well, I take it back. Okay, so I'm thinking on this out loud as we speak, just thinking about his hitting numbers because he's a left-handed hitter and that's all well and good. But to expect his numbers to be dramatically different from Fenway to Great American is a little foolhardy because you've got that short porch and right field in Fenway. So I don't necessarily see a crazy uptick in hitting numbers. Plus, if you look at his on-base percentage for the last three years, especially the last two years, it's not been fantastic. In fact, it's borderline Billy Hamilton. Now, Billy obviously got on base a little bit less than 31% of the time. But still, you're going to trade for a guy who's only marginally better than Billy Hamilton was. So I don't know. Maybe the Reds can get him on the cheap. And that is where this deal intrigues me. Because if you can get him for a prospect that's not going to dent the farm system, if you can trade him for a middle-of-the-road kind of guy, then I, I think I'm interested in that deal. But if if we're talking about big-time guys, then, uh, yeah, color me unimpressed. Don't want to see that. Coming up, I've got some Locked On Reds line text messages we're going to get to. A lot to unpack with these. But first, have you checked out the Vivid Seats app? Download that Vivid Seats app and put in the promo code POSTSEASON to get a discount of up to $100 off of your next ticket order. If you're like me and you're a crazy Bengals fan that still actually is paying attention to what the Bengals are doing, despite the fact that they are now 0-7. By the way, check out the Locked On Bengals podcast, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. They've got a great thing going on over there every day talking about the Bengals. And they make it fun. They, they make the Bengals fun, even though the Bengals themselves are not super fun. But check out the Vivid Seats app for your next ticket. I was looking at the Vivid Seats app at 
Cincinnati Bengals tickets against the Jaguars this past Sunday, the prices were hilarious. You could go to a Bengals game last Sunday for about the same price as a nice ticket to a Reds game. And you don't normally see that. But that's mostly the Bengals. That's not necessarily Vivid Seats, although they do have some good offers from time to time. With your Vivid Seats profile, you'll be entered into a reward program. And it's not like you got to pay yearly. It's not a subscription-based thing. No. They tally up your ticket purchases and you work your way up to free tickets. Say that with me again. Free tickets. Free tickets sound amazing. And it's not just the sporting events. You could go to live concerts. You could go to stand-up comedy, Broadway musicals. Heck, if you want to go see some wrestling, some WWE, or maybe even some of that new stuff, the AEW, All Elite Wrestling, check out the Vivid Seats app. They've got tickets for you. Download the app and enter the promo code POSTSEASON for a discount on your next ticket order. And also, sponsoring today's podcast is... Blue Chew. You guys have heard me talk about Blue Chew for a little while now. If you're looking for a performance boost in the bedroom, go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. You get your first order for free. You just pay $5 in shipping on the Blue Chew website. They'll have you fill out a questionnaire, talk with an online pharmacist, and then they will send the order to your door. There's no awkward in-office doctor visit. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Heck, you don't even have to go through the nice, convenient drive through pharmacies that some of these pharmacies have now. No, it gets sent to you. And what Blue Chew is, it's a chewable form with the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis, but it works quick because it's a chewable. Chew it and do it with Blue Chew. Head over to BlueChew.com and enter promo code MLB for your first order free. Just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Reds podcast today. Like I mentioned before, we're going to jump into some Lockdown Reds line text messages and maybe even a voicemail or two as well. But first, I want to start off with this text message. It comes from Scott. You can check his Twitter handle out at MTG Packfoils. He sent a uh, series of text messages, and it's a lot of good thoughts. He had mentioned that he believes the big splash move, one of the first things the Reds should do, is go after another starting pitcher. And now on the surface, you're going to say, well, they've already got tons of pitching. And I understand that, and I agree with you. I think that probably look at the hitting first, but I like his point. He talks about the Reds going seriously after Zach Wheeler. Now, Zach Wheeler will not command the kind of salary you're going to see for like Garrett Cole or something like that, but he will plug in perfectly in the rotation, which would move Anthony DiSclefani to probably the fifth starter. It's going to be Zach Wheeler or Anthony DiSclefani in the, you know, the fourth and fifth spot there. But that gives a completely solid rotation, one through five, and it would allow Tyler Malley to kind of maybe a little bit more development. Not that I don't think he could be a great starter. I think he's got the talent to be a great starter. It, it would be nice to give him a little bit more of a buffer, though, because you're also you're you're asking him to be a great starter in the same year that you're asking the team to make the playoffs. And I don't know how Tyler Malley doesn't try to shoulder some of that load on his own. I know he doesn't have to, 
But if I'm Tyler Malley and I'm a developing guy that has a lot of expectations on him, and you're telling me you need to see a big jump from me in the same year you need to see a big jump from the team, if something were to happen and the team were to start slow and maybe Tyler Malley started slow too, that could really damage his development overall. So I, I could see that going after Zach Wheeler because while it would take a little bit of money, because Zach Wheeler will be a coveted free agent that teams are going after, at the same time that would solidify the Reds as one of the top rotations in all of baseball. One through five, not even just one through three, one, you know, the top two, anything like that. One through five, completely solid rotation there. And then he also mentions moving Nick Senzel to second base. I, I feel like the further and further we get away from the 2019 season, the more Reds fans are falling in love with this idea of moving him to second base. And a lot of that has to do, and Scott mentions this in his text messages, a lot of that has to do with his shoulder. And it's his throwing shoulder that he had the labrum tear in that that they needed to uh, surgically repair. So just uh, all of us amateur uh, sports doctors at home thinking about the idea of repairing a torn labrum in your throwing shoulder for a rookie like Nick Senzel, a guy who's got such a bright future, do we really want to put all that stress of having to you know, try and get a runner tagging from third all the way from center field on a guy who's already got a labrum tear in his past. I, I I agree with the idea to move him to second. Now, a lot of that stems on what they get for the center field spot. If, if they don't get somebody that is an impact center fielder, then it could be interesting to see how the team plays that out. Now, there are lots of guys out there. There are plenty of options for that. And Jackie Bradley Jr. is just a great example of one of them as a reason that you could move Nick Senzel to second base, but they've got to make that move first. And then we'll see if they move Senzel into the infield. Then he mentions Grandall, signing Grandall, and keeping Tucker on as your one-two punch behind the plate because Tucker could still help in leading the pitching staff while Grandall kind of focuses on the hitting side. And then also I like this other idea he had, talking about going after like a Nick Castellanos or Starling Marte. Now, Castellanos I haven't spent a whole lot of time on. I feel like he's going to be a highly coveted free agent as well. So the Reds will be in a bidding war for him. Now, that doesn't mean that I think they should be out at the beginning if they think that they are not going to be able to win a bidding war with someone over Nick Castellanos, then what are we talking about with the rest of these free agents here? But at the same token, he would be an interesting guy. Now, he would be a corner outfielder. I don't know that they would ask him to play center field. And if you get a Nick Castellanos, then that kind of doesn't do a whole lot to uh, alleviate the will Nixon Zell play center field or shortstop debate. But that would shore up a great spot in the lineup and the corner outfield spot. And then you could have a rotation of left fielders, right fielders. You could keep him moving left to right field. He he works out in both spots, really, especially in Great American Ballpark. But then you could kind of take a little bit of pressure off of Aristides Aquino because that's one of the things we've got to think on, too. What are we going to get out of Aristides Aquino? Are we going to get the August? Aquino or the September Aquino because they're two vastly different guys. 
Now, one of them is extremely successful, and his home run rate is completely not sustainable. As much as I'd love to see a guy hit home runs at that kind of rate, I think he would have a career home run mark of like 900. So this is just not going to happen. As much as I love Aquino, it's just not going to happen. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I don't necessarily think he's as bad as what we saw in September. In September, pitchers adjusted. They threw him nothing but breaking balls. And if they threw him a fastball, it was up and in. And they tried to broach the up and in corner there, but for the most part, they were okay to miss off the plate up and in because that was kind of a hole in his swing there. They were not giving him anything low and in or low and over the plate because that's just sitting it up on a tee for him. He's going to crush it. So they knew how to pitch him. It'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. But if you can put him into a situation where he doesn't have to hit 40 home runs and 120 RBIs. If you're not telling him from opening day that we need you to hit, you know, with a 580 slugging percentage or something crazy like that, then I think that bodes well for him personally and also as a team. I mean, we're not talking about as as nice as it would be to have one guy hit like 50 home runs. You know, Suarez was almost there this year but we're not worried about individual stat lines that's all that's all well and good last year we had Suarez's chase of 50 two years ago we had Scooter's chase of the batting title guess what those came in seasons where the Reds were out of it before September started and the reason that we were so invested in that because that meant that there would be something that we could point to that season for I don't necessarily care about individual statistics so long as the wins are there. And if the Reds can put themselves in a better position to win by getting Nick Castellanos, they should absolutely do that. I like that idea. And then we had one other text message. This one came from Kyle in Cincinnati. He had a couple of trade ideas for the Reds. One of them was Omar Narvaez. Now, if you don't know the name, Omar Narvaez was the Seattle Mariners catcher last season and an an intriguing trade target. I don't know exactly how apt to deal Narvaez the Mariners would be, but he would definitely be an upgrade offensively from Tucker Barnhart. As last season, he had in 428 at-bats, he hit 278, and he had an OPS plus of 120. Pretty solid stuff, if you ask me. 22 home runs on the year for Narvaez. Now he's 27 years old, and I think the problem with that would be availability. I feel like they probably would have to give up a decent amount to get Narvaez. I don't really see the Mariners as a team that are trying to sell off some young guys like that. And in fact, Looking it up, just kind of looking at MLB trade rumors, they had an interview with Jerry Depoto, the general manager of the Seattle Mariners, and he said that this year, this offseason, they're going to be pretty quiet. I think they're probably just looking to deal some veterans. I don't know that they're going to get rid of any of their young guys. And their veterans are like Domingo Santana and D. Gordon, guys like that. D. Gordon may be a fringe, interesting kind of guy for the Reds, but I don't know exactly where they would put him, if they'd put him in the outfield, if they put him at second base. But I, I, I'm not I'm not completely sold on that. But on the Narvaez front, 
as interesting as that would be, I just don't know that the availability is there. And then also, he mentions in the text message, a trade with the Diamondbacks. Now, the Diamondbacks, on the other hand, are just trying to sell off everything. I don't know exactly what they have identified as their core. I'm sure Cattell Marte, as long as I said that right, but I'm sure Cattell Marte is probably one of the guys they are just not trading whatsoever. But he mentioned the Reds going after Eduardo Escobar and David Peralta. Both guys are in their 30s. David Peralta's 32 and Eduardo Escobar is 30. And Escobar is coming off a very nice season. He was a four-win player, according to Baseball Reference. But he had an OPS plus of 111, 35 home runs on the year in 636 at-bats. And he kind of moved around the infield. He played some third, he played some short, played some second base. So that profiles pretty well in a guy that you could fit in the middle infield in either spot, really. Especially if you've got a center fielder, you can put Senzel at second and put Escobar at short. Now that being said, it has been a few years since he played shortstop. He's been playing primarily second and third these last couple of seasons. But that is another scenario in which maybe Senzel sticks in center field and you put Escobar at second base. It could be an interesting trade. Now, the thing would be is what they're asking for for him. Now, being that he's 30, that's not terrible, but he isn't a free agent until 2022. Uh, He's signed through the 2021 season, so you've got two years of control. While that is a good thing for the Reds to be acquiring at the same time, that's going to cost something. I don't know what sort of prospect the Diamondbacks would be looking for in return. If you package both guys together, and I think this may be where Kyle gets this idea of Eduardo Escobar and David Peralta together, if you package them together, maybe you lower the trade price just a little bit because Peralta, as much as I like him, he's a guy that I've kind of been a fan of for a couple of years now. 2018, he was phenomenal. 30 home runs, he had an OPS plus of 127, just awesome. 2019, took a little bit of a dip. He had an OPS plus of 106, he only had 12 home runs on the season. Now, he only played 99 games as well, a little bit of injury problems there for sure. But at the same token, if you add those two together and you could put Peralta into a corner outfield mix. And now if you get a guy like Peralta, maybe you don't go after Nick Castellanos or something like that, but it's intriguing. And I love the fact that we can think about this stuff and and it's not just a pipe dream. It's not just saying, well, you know, in a perfect world, the Reds would make these moves. No, they're looking to make these moves. They're looking to make the team better. And here I am rambling about this. We're going way long today on the podcast, but I thank you so much for listening. to. The, I love the ideas. I love Scott's ideas. I love Kyle's ideas. I just can't wait to see what the Reds do. We, we've we got a little bit of time before this all takes off there. Like I said, there's rumors about Jackie Bradley. We talked about him in the first part of the podcast, and there's some trade thoughts as well. It's almost here. Let's enjoy the World Series tonight. You've got Game 1 between the Nationals and the Astros. Just going to be a phenomenal series. Tonight's pitching matchup, I mean, how's it get any better than this? Max Scherzer against Garrett Cole. 
if you're a fan of pitching, I know I am. I, I love good pitching. I'm going to settle in. I'm going to enjoy every second of this. Hope you do too. Thanks for listening to today's show. Make sure you're subscribed to get each and every episode. Follow us on Twitter and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. I'm going to talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Lockdown Reds podcast. Hope you guys have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.